So this evening I wanted to take some time to chat about something that I see a lot of nowadays. And that's people being offended by the words and actions of others. Uh, and when I see people, I certainly mean myself. <laughs> in, in the context of our practice, taking offense is a form of anger. And we know that anger is, is uh, or, or hatred, um, as we sometimes refer uh, to it as, is one of the three poisons in Buddhism. Um, the other two being greed and ignorance. And, but being offended is a very specific kind of anger. Uh, it's, it's anger at a person because we feel they're insulting something that we value. Right, so it's a very personal emotion, as all emotions are, but it's a very personal emotion that uh, that ties to very deeply held beliefs. And because it's such a personal emotion, um, it's easy to feel justified by our anger, right? Righteous anger, we sometimes call it. Uh, you've offended my principles. This is a personal attack, and it shuts off discourse, right? We don't want to talk to the other person because they've made it very personal. They've offended us. And people often say uh, something to get back at the person who offended them, right? Whether it's to call them stupid or ignorant or attack something they value. And either way, it just becomes this vicious cycle, right? And I don't spend a lot of time on, on social media uh, but when I am on there, I feel like there's a lot on there that turns into a battle between people who are offended by the other, right? And there's even that running joke around like, well, good morning, world. What are we going to be offended by today? Um, but it's a, it's a tricky topic. Uh, and, and that's why I wanted to talk about it, because it's, it's endemic. It's something that's very common for a lot of us. Uh, but my hope is, with some of the thoughts that I share this evening, that uh, it, it can help us to navigate a world where we're, you know, we're, we're seemingly very easily offended. It's very easy to become offended. And the first point that I want to make when it comes to this topic is that being offended is a choice. And because it's a choice, it's under our control. Right now, that might not be something that's very easy, or, or, um, you know, not something that you want to hear, right? But it's a choice, just like suffering is a choice, and we've talked about this before, right? We can't control what happens to us, we can't control what people say to us, but we can control our reaction to those things. Emotions may rise up, you know, very naturally based on our values and our beliefs, but we don't need those we don't need to identify with those emotions um, or let them turn into actions right we can work with those and here's the thing oftentimes people don't mean to offend us uh, we interpret what they say as a personal attack because of something that we believe right they say something contrary to our belief we assume that that's um you know uh, targeted at us right their words could be completely innocuous. Um, or they could be say something, saying something because they don't have all the information. Right? And they leave us feeling offended. But whether or not they mean to offend us, we're making that choice to be offended. 
I had a situation uh, a few months ago where a, a leader at the company where I work uh, said we need more training on a certain topic. And this is a topic that I was responsible for <laughs> developing training to address. And I'd been developing training for the last several months. And so in my mind, when I, when I heard that leader said that, you know, I was like, well, how can you say that? I've been working on this very thing. I've already started to roll this out. Like, how can you say that? You know, because I took that as a, a, a jab at the quality of my work, the fact that I was doing that work in the first place. Right. And I noticed how offended I felt. Um, because, like I said, I felt like the implication was that I wasn't doing my job, which certainly wasn't the case. But when I paused, you know, to notice that change of air, because, you know, I, I and, I and I count this as a benefit of, you know, my practice at a Buddhist, when those kinds of emotions do well up, you kind of tell like, ooh, the atmosphere has changed a little bit in my mind and now I can do something about that, right? And when I paused, because I noticed that change in the atmosphere, you know, I calmed myself down. I realized like, hey, the person probably wasn't aware of everything that I've done because I wasn't giving regular updates, right? So actually it was on me <laughs> in this case. From his perspective, he said what he thought was true, right? So lesson learned in that situation uh, for me, no need to be offended, right? It was a choice. Um, but I needed to take that time to reflect because it was very natural impulse, right? Because it cut close to something that was important to me. Now, sometimes people do mean to offend us, right? But that often is coming from a place of suffering uh, on their on their part. No one who is is hurling insults is doing so from a place of contentment and satisfaction. Right? Happiness does not beget insult and derision. Insults are often given to get a reaction. Because when people react to hurtful words, it gives that person a sense of power. Now look what I did to you. I did that. Because I'm not happy. Right? Or they see something that they're they're you know, they're unhappy and you know, you being unhappy now makes them feel less alone. Um, which is weird, uh, you know, a weird way to get company. Um, or it could be that they're jealous of something that you have. Or something about you reminds them of something that they've not yet integrated. And remember last week we spoke about the shadow. And how the shadow is a place where if we don't recognize or acknowledge things in ourselves, we don't integrate those things, those things can sit. And then they can come out under pressure so to speak, in situations like this. So it might be that that person is, is projecting something. You have something that they, uh, they, they wish they were okay with or could, could have. In, in the language of our practice and our tradition, being offended often comes from orienting ourselves to the wrong sense of reality. Right? In, in Four Directions uh, practice, we have the self-esteem and self-confidence model. It's one of our mindfulness models, right? Self-esteem is about being, right? It's about abs it's our absolute reality, our ultimate reality. It's about our true self, our Buddha nature. And remember, when we're talking about our Buddha nature, talking about our true self, we're always a 10 out of 10. 
right? Nothing can uh, uh, make us worth any less than that. When we're oriented to the true self, we recognize that nothing can take us down a peg. No words from, from anyone, no insults. We have no vulnerabilities, right? Those insults can't harm us. And so there's no need to take offense because there's nothing to defend, so to speak, right? Self-confidence, on the other hand, is about doing and having. This is our conventional reality that we experience through our ego self. And this is where the offense and suffering happens. Because we allow the words and actions of other people to make us feel like we're worth less. Maybe that day I was feeling a 5 out of 10. Well, now this person said something I'm feeling like a 3 or 4 out of 10. Because if we assign our value to things we possess, you know, the job we have, the money we make, the car or house that we own, how we dress or style our hair to, or, or, or how much we look like the, the beautiful people or people in style, then we suffer. Because then people can belittle or insult those things. Those things are value, are vulnerable. Right? People make us believe we're not measuring up or they attack something that we value or we've equated our value with. Now we start to question our identity. It's a conventional ego identity. And to illustrate this further, I want to read uh, a, a part of a chapter from the Tao Te Ching. Um, the Tao Te Ching is a, uh, a Taoist writing, uh, one of the key or the main writing, really, in, in Taoism. Um, and Taoism is a Chinese philosophy um, that I've actually benefited quite a bit from uh, when I first encountered it 20-some years ago. Um, and it actually led me to the, the study of, of Buddhism, the practice of Buddhism. Um, and the thing that drew me to it is there's a, a, a big focus and emphasis on living well and on harmony and understanding our place in the natural order of things, which was very appealing to me. Uh, and of course, in, in regards to Buddhism, um, Taoism was a philosophy that was integrated into the, the Buddhist teachings when uh, Buddhism came to China. And we call that Buddhism oftentimes Chan Buddhism. Uh, that sort of flowered in China. And when that Chan Buddhism came to Japan, uh, we got Zen Buddhism. Um, and so the, the Tao Te Ching, and let me grab my copy of it. Uh, I have a few copies of it, actually. Uh, and the the, the uh, version, the translation I'm going to read from is the uh, William Scott Wilson translation. Um, but chapter 50 is the is the chapter. Uh, and there's a second half of this chapter 50 that I've always really enjoyed and I feel applies to this topic. And once I read it, I'll help to kind of uh, pick it apart a little bit. Um, but I, I think it helps us, or helps to give some insight into our ability to skillfully move through the world. So, chapter 50 from the Tao Te Ching, the second half of chapter 50. Uh, I've heard it generally said that a man who is good at taking care of his life will travel hill and dale, but not encounter wild-horned buffaloes or tigers. He will enter a battlefield, but not put on protective armor. 
The wild buffalo finds no place to thrust its horns. A tiger finds no place to sink its claws. And soldiers find no place to strike with their blades. Now listen, why is this? It is because for him, there is no dangerous place. Now, on one level, this passage is about staying alive in the midst of things that can cause us harm. All right, but I think it's, it's also an excellent analog for being oriented to the true self. You know, the, the person who lives well, the person who knows how to live, the person who is oriented to the true self, to their Buddha nature. Wild buffaloes, tigers, soldiers, um, they can cause us harm when all we think about is how we might get hurt, right? If we're obsessed with being uh, protected, that's when they can hurt us. Because then all we think about is being defensive. We put on armor, we carry weapons, we lash out when we see an enemy soldier, right? And every day becomes a battleground, or every day is that dark, scary, dangerous forest, and we become paranoid, right? Any tiger that we see is definitely stalking us. Any, any arrow fired, you know, at someone else was definitely aimed at us, right? When we live in the world of doing and having, we're aligned to our ego self. We feel we're always fighting um, to defend our value and increase our value in the eyes of others. We spend all our time trying to prop up our value. And trying to feel adequate can become a full-time job. And that's exhausting. Right? Because there's no end game. You're never going to get to a place where everything is sorted out and, and protected and locked in. Unless we orient ourselves to our true self. Where the importance is on what we do and have. Uh, you know, in terms of how we look or what we drive or anything like that. But on who we are. And I love the three threats that are called out in, in chapter 50 there. The wild buffalo, sometimes translated as rhinoceros. Um, you'll, you'll hear that, that uh, animal used as well. Uh, but the wild buffalo, the tiger, and the soldier. Because, right? uh, you know, we may wander into the wild buffalo's territory and make it angry. But generally, they're calm. But boy, can they wreak a lot of havoc if, you know, if provoked because of their size. So I like to think of the wild buffalo or the rhinoceros in, in this passage uh, as someone who flails around and causes a lot of damage just to anyone who's in, in their way. You know, it's not aimed directly at you necessarily. Maybe they just had a bad day and they yell at you in traffic or this is a customer at your work and they're just out to make someone's day miserable because they're feeling miserable, right? So even if you get verbally trampled, it doesn't actually need to cause you harm. You don't need to be offended by that. Because if you're oriented to your true self, they're not attacking anything that's actually vulnerable. Your true self can't be damaged. The second threat, the tiger. By contrast to the buffaloes, these are predators now. These might be people who want to hurt you with their words. And they might hound you online, or they might put you down at work. And, and oftentimes, these angry tigers, though, are, are suffering themselves. Right? They're, they're trying to cause as much 
chaos as they can because they feel threatened or unhappy. But nothing they say or do can hurt your true self because your true self has no target. So there's no need to be offended. And lastly, and maybe this is the one that's the most complicated, uh, soldiers always fighting against the opposing army. And there's so many people taking up sides on every, every uh, uh, topic, right? Politics, religion, sports teams. Boy, I feel, <laughs> I see a lot of, uh, uh, you know, insults and offense being given and taken <laughs> at sporting events, especially at like, you know, school sports where you wouldn't expect it, but you go to a high school or a college sporting event, boy, it can get really nasty there. Between, you know, uh, companies and their employees, uh, cars versus bikes, right? <laughs> Pick an issue. You're going to have people take sides and they're going to insist the other side is out to get them. And that the other side is stupid and wrong. If you feel yourself on one side of these fights, don't take up the sword to be a soldier. Right? Or in this case, using sharp words say cutting words like a sword don't contribute to the noise don't feel like you have to go online and fight this fight right because i assure you you're you're not going to win anyone over because of some clever tweet or a facebook post whether it's yours or just one that you're sharing from someone else don't adopt a combative attitude you know in this case it's the 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 uniform the livery of the soldier in that army right and wear that around uh, to identify yourself all that does is signal to others that you're an enemy and they're just gonna they're they're going to uh, agitate you're gonna agitate the soldiers in the fight right now i'm not saying that we shouldn't stand up for people who are being attacked um but doing so with anger from a place of being offended ready to fight isn't the way to do it you want to keep calm engage with the other side find common ground create space for dialogue those are effective ways to work with people in a conflict if you're calm you're already winning right if you're angry and lashing out you're losing that fight so being offended, in this example, turning your anger into aggression in a major battle is only turning up the heat. And we as Buddhists, we should be the ones moving through life with no place for horns, fangs, or arrows. We should be the ones living well. We should be the examples. Um, to live that way, the goal is to not tighten up. Right? Don't put on the armor. Don't build the walls. Don't keep everyone at bay. And then get angry anytime someone threatens our defenses. To live well, we need to understand that there's nothing that can be hit. There's no dangerous place, as it's said in the Tao Te Ching. Other translations will say things like, no place for death to enter. Our true self isn't vulnerable. That being said, as we know from our mindfulness model of, of self-confidence and self-esteem, 
it's two wings of the same bird, right? We can't be a one-winged bird. So we do have our true self, but we also have our ego selves. And, and that's the wing of the bird that can get hurt. As long as we have egos, they'll react to insults. Uh, but those reactions don't need to spiral into anger. You know, that anger doesn't need to manifest into words and actions that are going to hurt others. If you feel yourself getting offended, getting angry at what someone said or did, whether it was aimed at you or not, whether it was um, intended to insult you or not, ask yourself why. Why are you feeling that way? If you feel the atmosphere change, pause. And this is why it's practice. It takes time. But pause. And practice the four questions in that moment. You know, challenge that thought, uh, that, that offending impulse, right? What about this thought isn't true? Investigate it. You know, what belief is creating this thought? Universalize it. Has anyone else felt this way? Yes, is always almost always the answer. <laughs> and then change it. What creative action can I take? Those four questions. Because doing so not only helps us to bring clarity to a situation where we've taken offense, uh, but it helps us to orient ourselves to our true self and bring awareness to how we're reacting and why we're reacting that way. As we may not feel like we have control over being offended. Reactions happen very quickly because they're based on habits. Uh, they often represent uninvestigated thought patterns that we've been carrying around for years, in some cases, decades. But we do have control over our thoughts. And when we're offended, we're ceding that control. We're giving that control to other people. And we're letting ourselves become a victim. We never need to be that victim because again ultimately there's nothing that can be targeted and nothing is truly vulnerable so I hope that that was helpful 